My oldest turns 13 today, and last night as he went to bed, he said, this is the last night that I'm a kid. <laughs> he says, Dad, do I have to be mature? And some of that um, natural enjoyment that I think one has with turning a teen is tempered a little bit by the fact that he understands that he's becoming a more responsible person. There's one thing that Sue and I have tried to drill in both of our boys' heads is that um, their choices will determine the life that they have and that there are consequences for their choices. Um, you can... Um, have all kinds of choices that you can be able to choose between. One thing you don't choose between is the consequences, though. Those are set in stone. Uh, you don't choose your consequences. You choose what path you want to take in life, but consequences follow, both good and, and bad consequences. So I think it's very appropriate that we spend some time, as, as we did for 12 weeks back in 2011, talking about some of the choices. And what I've been trying to tell us is that, that our lives, my life, your life, all of our lives, Christopher's life, Levi's life, as they grow up, they will understand more and more that our life is the sum total of all the choices that we make. Where you are right now in your life and where I am right now in my life is choice plus choice plus choice plus choice plus choice plus choice plus choice and over and over again multiplied by tens, multiplied by hundreds, some choices very, very small, some choices huge choices. And you add all of those choices up right now and you get the life that I have. And each week I always feel the need to be able to preface that a little bit because some people are saying, I didn't choose this, but it happened to me, and I didn't choose this, but it happened to me, and you're exactly right. But uh, you do choose how you deal with the things that you don't choose. <laughs> you do choose with the way you deal with the things that happen in your life that you don't choose. I read, reading a little bit about choices this week, and it says, husbands... Don't get up, upset with your wife's choices. You are one of them. <laughs> you are the engineer of your life. You're not some passive person and life is taking you by a wave and you're just kind of riding the wave of, of life. No, um, uh, you are the determining factor in the direction that your life goes. I was listening to a radio program yesterday and said that only 7% of, of young black teens in Baltimore make it out of the ghetto if they were raised in the ghetto. And that's an awesome statistic. But you know what is still true? Even though it's very difficult very difficult for some people to break out of the dysfunction and the cycle of poverty in life. There is the choice to do that. And you may have family pressures that will keep you in that. In fact, do you know what one principal told me in this town? That on a, like an open house night or something, um, he was talking about, and this would be the principal of the elementary school that would have the most impoverished kids in our town 
And he was telling about his hopes and dreams for his students and their desire to excel academically and their desire to get an education and better themselves and go to college. And one parent stood up and said, don't give my son the hope for college. Many kids have a lot of things going against them, and sometimes it's their mom and dad. And sometimes it's the cycle of poverty that they've been in, and sometimes it's their friends and so forth. But we still have choices to break through. And it doesn't mean all those choices will be easy, and it doesn't mean that the, the, they'll, they'll, it'll just be a yellow brick road all the way to bettering yourself in life. Some of those choices will be very, very difficult, and some of those choices you may have to turn your back on on your, some of your friends and even some of your family to be able to better yourself. But uh, our life, my life, my life, is the sum total of all the choices that I make. And one of the most important choices that we make are choices that we make within our families. I think we all want to be able to make a difference in our world. And, and I think sometimes... Um, uh, people want to make a difference in the world, and they're trying to make a difference in the world, but they forget that the difference in the world starts with a difference in the families because better world, whatever that means, starts with a better family. And if, if you want to have a better world, you, you, you strengthen the family, which strengthens the neighborhoods, which strengthens the city, which strengthens the county, which strengthens the states, which strengthens our country, and it all comes down to the very foundational element of our society that God put in and that is the, the husband and the wife and 2.5 kids or however many we have so some of the most important choices that we make are are choices that we make within the family unit i want to spend some time there this morning and asking you to be able to make good choices and choose to have a christian family there's so many passages of Scripture I could have, have gone through, especially in the Old Testament, because the Old Testament is a story of families after families after families. And I've chosen an Old Testament passage in, in, in the book of Joshua. Would you open your Bible, please? If you don't have a Bible, there are Bibles close to you by most of the exits. If you don't have a Bible at home, you can take one of those Bibles as our gift to you. But I would like you to open it to Joshua chapter 24, and it'll be on the screen for those of you that don't have Bibles. Joshua is giving something of a farewell address to his nation, Israel. He's the leader of the nation of Israel. It'd almost be like, um, I assume, when our President Obama goes out of office at the end of eight years, there'll be kind of a farewell address that he will make, and it'll be televised on all the networks, and it will get a lot of, 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 of uh, our nation's ears that night, because we like to hear what people say in parting words. And this is something of parting words that, that Joshua, the leader of the nation of Israel, is, is making uh, to other leaders uh, that are leading that nation. And he says, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshiped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable for you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. The gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose lands you are now living. But, and this is the one that we've heard. This is the little plaques that some of us may have in our homes. We have one in our home. But as for me and my house, uh, I read that at our, at our wedding. 
But as for me and my house, I, re I read that whole passage that I just read to you. And I was declaring uh, as uh, a new husband, as for me and my house, uh, we will serve the Lord. There's a lot in that little phrase that talked to us about choosing to be a Christian family. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. A Christian family doesn't happen. A Christian family just doesn't unfold. A Christian family doesn't happen by accident. A Christian family is like anything else in life. It's the sum of choice plus choice plus choice plus choice plus choice plus choice. You don't fall into a Christian family. You, you don't uh, accident yourself into a Christian family. You don't trip, trip into a Christian family. You don't all of a sudden wake up and voila, we're a Christian family. No, it's choice plus choice plus choice plus choice plus choice will equal Christian family. And a lot of us in this little passage that Joshua says thousands of years ago to leaders and nation of Israel, and he says, basically, you're all going to have to make your own choice. You can serve whoever you want to serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Do you hear the responsibility in that statement? You know, the word responsible is not in that statement, but it's all through every single word there. Joshua's saying, you basically will have your own choice, but my choice has been made. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Friends, uh, if you choose to be a Christian family, uh, you will take responsibility for that. You will not let ev someone else determine that if you're a Christian family or not. You will, will not let the pastor determine it. You will not let the Sunday school teachers determine it. You will not let Pastor Brian determine it. Uh, you will take responsibility for that and say, saying that as, as for me and my house, I will take responsibility. My wife will take responsibility. And, and though this may happen over here and this may happen over here, as for me and my house, what happens inside my, my house, we will serve the Lord. I don't have any control about what happens in state government, and I don't have any control about what happens in city government, and I really don't have a whole lot of control of what goes on in the neighborhood. I don't have any control of what goes on in the apartment complex, and I really don't have any control in what goes on in my extended family, on what my mother and father say, or what her mother and father says, or what aunts and uncles. I really don't have any control of that, but you know what? As for me and my house, I don't really have control as far as, as, as uh, you know, who's going to be running the Congress, and I don't have control over who's going to win the presidency, and I don't ha really have control over the interest rates will go up or the interest rates will go down. I don't really have any control on, 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 on whether this will happen or whether that will happen or this person will be elected or that person will be elected. I don't really have too much control over that, but you know what? There's one thing I do have control over. As for me and my house... As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Do you hear the responsibility? And, and, and there's a major determining factor on people that are successful. And I don't know how to define success, and we could probably differ on how success is defined, but there's a major difference in people that find themselves to be successful in lives and people that find themselves not to be successful in life. And one of those things is the people that find themselves successful in life, they've taken responsibility for it. They've taken responsibility for it. They may not have liked everything that's happened to them. They may not have liked the, uh, uh, 
uh, every single situation that they find themselves in, but they, 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 they don't just accept it on what they can change. They can change, and they take responsibility for their own life, and they say something like, uh, uh, as for me, this is the direction we're going to go. And in the spiritual realm, Joshua says that, as for me in my house. The Christian moms and Christian dads, Christian grandparents, Christian aunts and Christian uncles, the world can go to hell in a handbasket. But that's for me and my house. But as for me and my house. The Supreme Court can approve gay marriage. But as for me and my house. The, 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 all kinds of laws could be passed. All kinds of things could be done that could be uh, antithetical to what I believe and what I feel and, and, and who I am and what I, who I want our boys to be and who, who I want our family to be. All kinds of things can happen and the world can literally go to pot and, and uh, as for me and my house. A Christian family is a family that takes responsibility for the Christianness of their family and doesn't let any other outside forces determine that and 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 they don't they don't really let any other outside forces really even uh, be the main contributor to the christianness of my family whether it be a pastor brian or a sunday school teacher or anybody else because you know what as for me and my house i take care of the christianness of my family and I'm glad that Pastor Brian supports that. And I'm glad that we have Sunday school teachers support that. But you know what? They don't determine that. As for me, in my house, we will serve the Lord. And I don't pass off the, 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 the Christianness of my family. And I don't, I don't pass off anything at all and, uh, to anyone else. Because if I'm going to choose to be a Christian family, I have to accept responsibility for that. And I'm thankful. I'm, I'm thankful for all of you who will be good role models for my boys. And I'm thankful that my boys will be raised in this church. And I'm so thankful for that. But I'm not counting on that. <laughs> I'm not counting on you. Because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The Old Testament is full of passages like this. Deuteronomy chapter 6, many of you have probably memorized this passage. Deuteronomy 6.4 is, 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 is something that, that good Israelites, they um, repeated back then, and good Jews today, you could, well, yesterday, you could have gone into a Jewish service and they would have repeated the same thing. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Now listen, impress them. Impress them. The word impress literally comes from a Hebrew word that means to make an engraving. To make an engraving. Impress them on your children. Talk about them. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, 
Talk about them when you're at the soccer field. Talk about them when you're driving to Walmart. And talk about them when you're driving to leave out of school. And talk about them at Chick-fil-A. And impress them on your children. And engrave them on your hearts. And find teachable moments. That's what Christian families do. Find teachable moments. If, if, if the Christianity I leave to teaching of some paid religious people or some dedicated Sunday school teachers, that is not the type of Christianity that gets passed on from generation to generation. They must see it in me. And it must come from me. And it must come from Sue. Are you hearing me this morning? A Christian family is a responsible family. You want to choose to be a Christian family because it's not going to happen by accident. You want to choose to be a Christian family. Take responsibility for the, if I can make up a word, the Christianness of your family. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk around the road, when you lie down and, and when you get up. It's just natural conversation throughout the day. And it's, it's, it's not the only conversation throughout the day, but conversation about God and conversation about our, our walk with Him and conversation about our, our life with Him and how, what God would think of this and what God would think of that is this natural conversation in our homes. It's the most natural thing. It's as natural as talking about the Buckeyes. But I have a sneaking suspicion in a lot of homes it's not. Tie them as symbols on your hands, and that's cultural for ancient Jews as they tied Scripture many times and to their hands. And have you seen them dangling from their foreheads and from their brims of their hats that they wear sometimes? Write them on the door frames of your houses. I mean, uh, Moses was saying here in Deuteronomy, he says, you've got to take responsibility for this. As for me and my house. And do you know who responsibility this falls on the most? You have mom and dad in the home. And it falls on dad the most. Because the Bible clearly says that the father's the head of the household. And we can, we can, you know, we can say, well, that's not too cool to say in 2015. Or we can just say what the Bible says. And when I stand before God one day, he's going to want to know from me, I think, much more than he's going to want to know from Sue. Where are my kids spiritually? And, and, and how many pastors have been out trying to win the world for Jesus, but they lost their own family? And I don't think that pleases the Lord. In fact, I know it doesn't. for me and my house. If you're going to choose to be a if you're going to choose to be a Christian family, there's responsibility in there. But also in there is, is as for me and my house. As for me 
and my house. It's not a divided family, is it? As for me and everyone under my roof, as for me and my house, a Christian family, friends, is a united family. A Christian family that, that is one that can be as Christian as they possibly can is where husband and wife are both on the same wavelength. <laughs> That's a Christian family. It, it's, it's not a, it's not a div divided home. It's not a home where there's double-mindedness and we could have people stand up right now and talk about some difficulties in some homes because there's double-mindedness there. And we could have people stand up and talk about difficulty in marriages because there's double-mindedness there. And this is not only a Christian thing. I mean, my goodness, I mean, you could, that this is a common sense thing. And I'm not saying anything that all of a sudden is a light bulb's going off in your head. Well, I've never thought that thought before. No, well, we just have to be obedient to that thought that a, a Christian home is a united home. It's not a divided home. The <laughs> Bible says that Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived. But as we've joked before, I don't know how that fits into marrying 700 wives and how the wisest. But you know what Solomon's downfall was? Those wives, and especially the wives that he married outside the faith. This is what the Scripture says. 1 Kings chapter 11, King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women. He loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter. And then they list all the Moabites and the Ammonites and the Edomites and the Hittites and the Termites and all that. I mean, they were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them. You see, these people worship other gods, and you're not on the same spiritual wavelength as these people. And, and I want my people to be on the same spiritual wavelength. So God says, child, I know what's best for you. It's best that you not have a divided family. So don't intermarry. Don't intermarry. I mean, that's, that's what God says. That's not what Mark says. Don't intermarry with them because they will surely turn your hearts <laughs> after their gods. Them old women, I tell you. <laughs> Nevertheless, history records, Solomon held fast to them in love. Nevertheless, even though God, he knew what God says, nevertheless. Even though he knew what God wanted, nevertheless. Even though my mother told me not to, nevertheless. Even though I heard my preacher preach on it, many, many, nevertheless. Even though I had my friends advise me, nevertheless, I knew better than all of them, and I made my own choices. Nevertheless. And Scripture records in uh, verse 4, as Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart. As he grew old, his wives turned his hearts 
after other gods. And his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of his David his father had been. Wow. What a story to be told. And it started with a divided family. It started with a divided family. You want to have a Christian family, friends? It's a united family. Both husband and wife are on the same spiritual wavelength. That's, that's the definition of a Christian family. Now, sometimes uh, uh, two unbelievers will marry, and, and, and one, one husband, the husband or the wife may come to Christ, and you've got some undividedness there, and that's a matter of prayer. That doesn't mean the husband or the wife goes out and, and gets a divorce. No, 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 no. Paul talks about that plainly in Corinthians. But we're missing something if husband and wives aren't on the same wavelength. It's not fully the Christian family. And it's the females that usually make this mistake more than guys do. Because they get to be 22, 23, 24, 27, 28, and they think they're going to be an old maid the rest of their life, and they have to grab hold of somebody real quick. Instead of holding out and waiting in faith. In faith. Sue waited and waited and waited. And look what came along. <laughs> the New Testament says, do not be unequally yoked. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Oh, that doesn't mean that I'm not friendly to unbelievers, but I, I'm not sure I go in business with them because we have two separate value systems. And if I wouldn't go in business with them, I surely wouldn't marry one. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Well, what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? Hmm. Ah, a Christian family does not happen by accident. You have to choose to have one. Choose to be responsible for the Christianness of the family. Choose to have a united family a single minded family a family that's going the same way not families that are kind of fighting against one another wow that's a Christian family now there are good and godly people that are, that are in marriages that are, that, that are not equally yoked and they, 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 they made the mistake and they didn't listen to God and they went nevertheless they went and married who they wanted to and somehow Sometimes God is merciful and, 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 and the, the other partner has been saved and become a Christian. That's great. That's great. Sometimes he's merciful amidst all of that. And sometimes there's couples that are still lingering in, 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 in an unyoked marriage and God will give grace to that partner. doesn't mean you say, I'm out of here. No, no, you, you made a choice and there's consequences for your choice. 
We're talking about a Christian family today. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hear, hear that again as we finish. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, do you hear the determination in, that, in those words? Do you hear the determination in those words? Yeah, Mark, you're reading between the lines. Yeah, I'm reading between the lines. But I'm also part of a Christian family, and I know that we have to be a determined family as well. Because while no one else or no other entity can be able to determine the Christianness of my family, they can sure fight against me. They can sure make it hard on me. And a Christian family is one that has to be determined to get through those difficult times. A Christian family must be one that is determined to be able to, to, to fully get through that opposition that we have all, all around us, isn't it, really? <clears throat> Why did I have to watch the Kentucky-Auburn football game on ESPN the other night with my boys? Why did I have to watch commercials about erectile dysfunction? Why do I have to do that? Why do I have to explain to my 10-year-old what ED is? Why? The world's no friend to us as we try to raise families and keep them innocent of things until the appropriate time. I can't even think of another commercial I watched. Well, what is this ESPN? Does ESPN bow at the altar of Almighty Dollar so much that they don't care what nine and ten year old young football fans have to endure to watch a college football game? This world is not a friend of ours. This world does not help us. And so I have to be determined. It's so easy for me to be sucked into the pattern of this world and just kind of go with the flow, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm not where I used to be or I'm not where I want to be, but I just didn't really do anything and I just stopped being quite as determined and I, I stopped standing against the force of the world and I just kind of got sucked into the world and I'm not as Christian as I thought I wanted our family to be. And that may have been just because I didn't stand. Be determined. I don't know what that means to you. I know a few times what it's meant for us. I know a few times what it's meant for us. Uh, what I find out, what it means for us, is that uh, we, don't, we don't watch too much TV in our house because I can't really find anything that's helping us toward the kingdom of God, to be quite honest with you. In fact, most I see on TV takes us away from that. And so we just don't watch too much. And our boys have grown up not watching it, and they don't even ask. I mean, they don't, they don't want to know why we're not watching CBS or NBC or whatever. They just, 
And what I've learned to do, what I, I've learned to do a little too late the other night at the ball game is to, as soon as there's a commercial, I mute. Or there may be some commercial about you have to take some pill because you never know when the moment will be right. Help me, friends. I'm trying to raise kids here. I've I've just come this morning because I think God wants us to be Christian families, and I think he wants to, to remind me and remind you that that's a choice. That's not something we wake up and, well, I didn't really know we were going to be one, but look, we're a Christian. No, 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 that doesn't happen. It's, it, it's intentional. It's intentional. And there's responsibility in that. There's, there's a unitedness in that. And there's just plain old dogged determination in that. How about it? Are we responsible? Are we united? Are we determined? Those three with, yes, probably many others attached add up to a certain Christianness in our families. As for me, in my house. Y'all can do what you want to do. That's basically what Joshua says. You know, if you want to serve the gods beyond the Euphrates and gods of your fathers, and, you know, he basically says, y'all can do what you want to do. Do you hear the, do you hear the self-esteem that's in that statement? Do you hear the, I'm okay standing by myself in that statement? Do you hear the, I don't have to go with the wind of the world in that statement. Do you hear that I don't have to be popular in that statement? Do do you hear the resolve in that statement? Do we have that resolve? It's a choice. Scripture says, I think, in the book of Luke, that Jesus resolutely turned his face toward Jerusalem because he knew that the cross was waiting for him in Jerusalem. And Jesus was determined, not not my will, God, but thou be done. Jesus was determined to go the cross for us And every single Sunday, in some way, we we remember that. And that same determination that we need to keep one foot in front of the other in the Christian life, Jesus had to have something of that. Because in his humanness, he did not want to go to the cross. (laughs) He did not want to endure the pain. But he resolutely set his faith for Jerusalem to do what had to be done and what the Father wanted him to do.